Well, this is a breath of fresh air. The Devils dominating from start to finish and going back to their brand of hockey, which is playing fast. They were able to pick up their 27th win of the year against the Anaheim Ducks. It's worth mentioning that the Devils had 27 wins total last year. So this team is completely different if you didn't know already. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member, Trey Matthews. So, as you can see, I'm not in my normal studio. Locked On Devils is on the go. I have some business to take care of over the weekend. Currently hunkering down in Erie, Pennsylvania, because I'm actually going to be calling my first ever OHL game on MLK Day when the Erie Otters take on the Mississauga Steelheads. I shared that news on my social media. I'm not sure if I shared it on the show. It's worth mentioning that I'm going to become only the second African-American to announce a Canadian Hockey League game in its 40-plus year history. So I am incredibly honored to be given this task. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to it. But the show must go on. And like I said, Locked on Devils is on the go. So what are we going to be talking about in today's episode? We're going to talk about the Devils' dominant win over the Anaheim Ducks because I was reminiscing over our 13-game heater because the Devils were able to thrash the Anaheim Ducks by a score of 6-2. Now, obviously, the Ducks aren't really that good of a team uh, this year, so I didn't really have that many concerns going into the matchup with all due respect, but digressing a little bit. So that's what we're going to talk about in segment one. I'm going to give you guys the overall recap, my initial thoughts to the matchup, and then we're going to talk about Jesper Bratt and his chances to make the All-Star game. And like I do to close out every post-game recap, I'm going to compare the stats and give a letter grade for the Devils. So let's start with the recap. So I kind of gave you guys my opinion going into the matchup already, which was I wasn't too concerned when playing the Anaheim Ducks. So, But when, when I was looking at the Metropolitan Division, I was stunned once again to see how tight it was because the New York Rangers are currently on a two-game win streak and going into this matchup for the Devils, they were tied for second with the Rangers with 55 points. So I'm just like, okay, if the Devils uh, don't win in this matchup against the Ducks, I'm really going to be frustrated because, like I said, this is a winnable game for them. And when looking at the Metro, the Devils are starting to break away just a little bit. Now they just got to get rid of those pesky Rangers because they're five points ahead of the Washington Capitals and they're also uh, building a nice uh, distance from the Pittsburgh Penguins. So currently they are nine points ahead of them. So I think the Devils for right now are in the clear if they can avoid another, uh, how would I say it, lengthy losing streak like they did in December. So avoid uh, playing that brand of hockey. And like many personalities that's come on to the show uh, within recent months, they've just said that the Devils, all they have to do is just play 500 hockey from here on out if they want to solidify themselves a playoff spot. So winning against these uh, types of games against the Anaheim Ducks, I know you guys might not view it as a big deal, but these points do start to add up. So once again, since the Devils lost so many winnable games uh, before they hit a tough part of their schedule, in December. Uh, Hopefully that doesn't come back to bite them, but they're on the right track for right now. So uh, this was the best start 
that I've seen the Devils get off to a hockey game in a good while. So, like I said, I was reminiscing over that 13-game win streak because they were able to score four unanswered goals. So the previous few wins for them against the Carolina Hurricanes and against the New York Rangers, I was just talking about how slow of a start that they uh, got off to, which is they kind of put themselves behind the eight ball a little bit. They had to play a, a game of catch up, even in that game against the Detroit Red Wings, a game in which they were able to run the Detroit Red Wings out of their own building. They didn't really have that good of a first period, but I believe that first period ended in a deadlock zero piece. But I said, since they were going to play the St. Louis Blues the very next day, I think they were just taking it a little easy. They didn't want to uh, use up all their energy. So I think that was the overall mindset. But long story, short version, uh, the last few wins for Devils, they get off to slow starts, but they're able they're able to amount a comeback. So it was kind of a breath of fresh air to see them actually dominate from start to finish. Now, the Anaheim Ducks did give them a run for their money in period number two, but I wasn't really concerned at all just because I'm like, okay, look, I don't care if the Anaheim Ducks score three unanswered goals. I still know the Devils are going to win because no way they're going to let the Anaheim Ducks upset them in this sort of fashion. It's also worth mentioning going into the game, the Devils were 7-0-0 when facing Pacific teams. So uh, in terms of the Pacific division, the Devils have handled themselves quite nicely. So I don't believe the Anaheim Ducks were going to hand them their first loss against a Pacific team this year. But uh, like I said, the Anaheim Ducks, they they didn't go down quietly despite what the scoreboard says. So Carrick got into it with Smith. I think Smith at first was willing to fight, but then he was just realizing like, wait, why am I fighting you? I'm all, I'm up ahead. Like I'm just giving you some sort of boost. I'm giving your team some sort of energy, but it was a, it was a pretty deadlock fight. I, I, I wasn't really impressed by it. Both got a few good licks in, so nothing to really write home about, but Vetrano got into it with uh, Siegenthaler to close out period number two. So I think um, Vetrano was uh, just looking for somebody to fight. He didn't care who it was. So I saw Jonas Siegenthaler just uh, get a little aggressive towards the end of period number two, but it was out of retaliation uh, because uh, it was sort of like a tick for tack kind of situation between the Ducks and, and Siegenthaler because Siegenthaler got hit from behind and or just a little tap from behind and Siegenthaler did the same thing. And then all of a sudden uh, words were being exchanged towards the end of period uh, number two. And I think I saw Heischer get into it just a little bit. And we all know Heischer's not really much of a fighter. So love the chippiness from both teams. I think the Ducks were just looking for some sort of momentum. And then uh, th this game really should be what, like seven to one, because one of my favorite sayings on this show is that the irony isn't lost. And Henrik, the former New Jersey devil was able to score in this game and uh, he was able to catch uh, Vancheck napping just a little bit, like quite literally, because Vancheck made the save initially, but he fell onto his back, so it left the net wide open. So Henrik, just right uh, place, right time, was able to find the back of the net because Vancheck was at a vulnerable position. And then later on in the game, uh, Trevor Zegras was able to score on the power play, went top shelf on Vancheck, but like I said, nothing to really be concerned about. And then a few seconds later, his buddy Jack Hughes was able to get his second goal of the game and answer on back. But the one line I want to talk about is that line between Jesper Boquist, Michael McLeod, and Dawson Mercer. So the last few episodes, I've been telling you guys that I've been quite critical of the line choices for Lindy Ruff. Because if, if this game is any indicator, and I just want to make something perfectly clear. I am not anti-Lindy Ruff. I love Lindy Ruff. Any of my avid listeners can vouch for me on that. Like, I was one of the few people to say that I don't want to see Lindy Ruff fired. I just don't agree with uh, some of his line choices. And it's just a few things. So it's just like two things. I don't agree with Lindy Ruff and his overall mindset. 
uh, in that sort of aspect. So just because I don't agree with them on one or two things doesn't make me anti-Lindy Ruff. I think he is the perfect coach for right now with what the Devils are trying to accomplish. Now, I'm a little on the fence when it comes to uh, Lindy Ruff and his overall future with the Devils because I'm not sure if he's going to uh, want to retire or if he's going to want to extend, but we'll worry about that when we uh, get to that sort of obstacle once the season ends. But anyway, uh, uh, in terms of putting Mercer on the fourth line, I think I understand what he's trying to do. I, now, Mercer was able to get the primary assist on Dougie Hamilton's goal, but albeit Dougie Hamilton was just being relentless on the rebound and was able to get it past Gibson. But digressing a little bit, uh, I, I think I know what he's try, trying to do. He's just trying to, like, you know, get more depth up and down his lineup. So I don't – and he did say uh, during his post-game press conference after the Carolina Hurricanes game that – he put Boquist, McLeod, and Mercer on the same line by complete accident. That was his uh, explanation, and I guess it was a good accident because Mercer was able to score in that game. Boquist was also able to score, so he decided to stick with it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But my thing is, like, I feel, I feel like Mercer has so much untapped potential, and I think you need to put him into a better position to uh, reach that potential because going into the game, he had 10 goals, 15 assists for a grand total of 25 points, and a plus minus a plus six. So once again, um, I, I don't want to go into that tangent once again, because I think I've uh, touched on it just enough. But something that was interesting uh, that was pointed out by Sam Kassan, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He said uh, after Hamilton got his goal that Mercer and McLeod pick up the assists on Hamilton's goal. Mercer, two goals, two assists. McLeod, three assists. And Boquist, one goal, one assist. Remember, Boquist would wind up scoring later on in the game. So that was before he got his goal. Uh, line was combined for nine points, three goals, six assists in the past two periods and one minute. So that line is putting up some decent production. I can't, uh, I can't deny that. So uh, it, it's working, I guess. But like I said, I, just, just from my vantage point, I think from a lot of other people's vantage point, it's more of just Dawson Mercer and his untapped potential and what can he potentially do if given a bigger role. So I think I understand what Lindy Ruff is just trying to do. He's just trying to help with the overall depth. And like I said, for Dawson Mercer, we just expect top six production from him because that's what we drafted him for. And sometimes you see that razzle-dazzle similar to what you see from Jack Hughes. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's working for right now. But uh, the, the overall thought process for the Devils is that they got back to their brand of hockey, which is just playing fast. So it's worth mentioning that ESPN put up this interesting fact that 36% of the Devils' scored goals this season come off the rush, which leads the entire NHL. And Bill Spaulding actually pointed out that the Devils have scored 31 goals over the last seven games. So that's about four and a half goals per game. And the Devils, once again, continue to dominate on the road because they are the first in NHL history to win 16 of their 19 road games. So uh, they're, they're just they just play better away from the Prudential Center. I don't know how they do it, but that's going to come crucial come playoff time. Now they just got to match it when they uh, come home, because that's also going to be important for them. It's also worth mentioning that uh, Jack Hughes is currently tied with Connor McDavid for uh, most goals since uh, November 25th. So he has 21 goals in 22 game appearances. So Jack Hughes continues to just impress as he was able to score twice in this matchup. Jesper Bratt was able to score twice and Jesper Bratt was my player of the game because I think this was a statement game for him because obviously 
with the all-star vote now given into the power of the fans because some players like Jack Hughes are already locked into the all-star game. Now the fans get to vote the rest of the field and Jesper Bratt is trying to join uh, Jack Hughes and possibly, possibly Nico Heischer in South Florida. So that's what we're going to talk about in segment two. Does Jesper Bratt deserve a bid for the all-star game? So we'll talk about that momentarily, but before we continue, I want you guys to make some extra cash, so I'm going to get you uh, hip to BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction bound line where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. And now I want you guys to start eating happier and healthier. So let me tell you about Built Bar because I know some of your uh, New Year's resolutions is to, in fact, lose some weight. So what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for stars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt Bar does it, but somehow, someway, they only contain 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And if you don't want to wait around to get a box for years, I've been saying order your Bilt Bars at Bilt.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today, walk up to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. It's also worth mentioning that Built Bar is the official protein bar of NASCAR. So Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Okay, so let's address the elephant in the room. So everyone knows how good Jack Hughes is. Everyone knows how good Nico Heischer is because Jack Hughes is our franchise player. He's the face of the organization. Nico Heischer is obviously our captain. And now Jesper Bratt. It's like this underdog story, this guy who uh, was a late draft pick and all of a sudden has taken the league by storm. He's He hovers around a point-per-game player or he's always in that ballpark. And he was able to score twice in this game against the Anaheim Ducks. And this was big for him because, like I said before the break, uh, Jesper Bratt is uh, trying to join Jack Hughes and possibly Nico Heischer in South Florida. And players like Jack Hughes are already heading down to South Florida for the All-Star game. And now it's up to the fans to vote in Jesper Bratt or Nico Heischer, whether it's on NHL.com or Twitter. And obviously, Jesper Bratt has a big following, thanks mostly to the Bratt Pack. But... I'm here to discuss, does he legitimately deserve to uh, be given an all-star bid? So the thing is, we know how good Jesper Bratt is for the New Jersey Devils, but how well does he compare to the rest of the field? Because when you're an all-star, that means you're best of the best. You're one of the best players in the NHL. And yes, it could sometimes be a popularity contest, but at the same time, uh, usually when someone's an all-star, there's a justifiable reason for them to be an all-star. So going into this matchup, Jesper Bratt had 15 goals, 25 assists for a grand total of 40 points with a plus minus of plus 13. Now, there was an article released on the Hockey Writers thanks to uh, Eric Johnson. And Eric basically gave his reasoning as to why maybe Jesper Bratt should be in consideration. But 
it might be a little unlikely. And I'm going to give you guys a snippet of that article. And I'm also going to provide my insights. So here's what Eric said on the hockey writers. He said, there's a lot to like about Jesper Bratt's season so far. His average ice time is up now averaging 1734 per game. His 205 shot attempts are second to last year's breakout campaign. His Corsi 4 percentage is 66.6, which is actually higher than last season. Furthermore, he's averaging 0.98 points per game, eclipsing his career best from last year. However, there's still some doubts in regard to the six-year winger. Of his 15 goals, 14 scored at even strength, and of his 205 shot attempts, 100 were blocked or missed. To help Brad's argument, the Metropolitan Division-leading Carolina Hurricanes' Andrei Shnetsikov has already been selected for the All-Star game and is having a weaker season statistically than Brad with 34 points in 41 games and only 173 shot attempts in the same number of games. He also only has 0.83 point per game average over a full tenth less than Brat. It will be tough for Brat to make his case for the All-Star Game nomination, but he is deserving given his solid start to the season. So I'm going to add on to that because I think another thing that could help Jesper Brat is his overall narrative because when it comes to award races or maybe All-Star Game voting, People love a good story, and I think Jesper Bratt can definitely uh, make a case in that sort of aspect because during the course of the offseason, what was one of the biggest talking points? It was whether or not Jesper Bratt was going to sign long-term with the Devils. He left his agent up to the negotiating process. Obviously, you see people like Brock Besser get paid. You see people like Kevin Fiala get paid. So Jesper Bratt was trying to get similar money, but uh, New Jersey was holding out on it, and as a result, right before the arbitration hearing was to take place, Jesper Brad signs a one-year extension because he's betting on himself. So to open up the year, he had an 11-game point streak. And if you guys recall, uh, the Devils dropped their first two games of the year. Then they went on a three-game win streak, and then they uh, lost to the Washington Capitals. And then after that, they went on a 13-game win streak. So during that span, during Jesper Brad's 11-game point streak, he was contributing to basically the spark that would set ablaze of the Devils' successful season. So at the beginning of the year, we were talking mostly about Jesper Bratt. Then as a few weeks went by, we talked about Nico Heischer. And then in late November, after Jack Hughes got his hat trick against the Washington Capitals, that's when Jack Hughes started to take off and he took his game a couple steps higher. So it, the Baby Big Three got their uh, respective uh, talking points. They shared the spotlight equally. And now Jack Hughes is just off and running with it. That's why he's already in the all-star game. But for Jesper Bratt, my, my thing is, yes, the advanced analytics might help him in, in that sort of way. But uh, when, when talking about just like his overall stats, yes, people are going to say like, he's not really one of the best NHL players <laughs> regardless of what Twitter says, but I still think he has a legitimate case because like I said, he's a point per game player. He's one of the reasons why the devils went on a 13 game win streak. If he's not on the roster, then do the Devils have their same amount of success? Probably not. So while he might be the um, he, he might be the odd man out when talking about the big three of Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, and himself, Jesper Bratt is still vital to the New Jersey Devils. And the Devils are <laughs> right now, if all goes well, like if they continue to play 500 hockey, they're going to see themselves back into the playoffs. And each of the baby big three shares a part in it. So Nico Heischer, he's the leader. He comes up clutch. Jack Hughes is a franchise player. He's the best player. He's the face of the organization. But Jesper Bratt is that contributor that's been helping in that sort of way too. So my thing is the New Jersey Devils, I think they're one of the still one of the best teams in the NHL. 
So I don't think there's any reason why their three best players and maybe even Dougie Hamilton, you can also make a case for him as well because he's been having a silently good year as well. But this is more about uh, Jesper Bratt. Um, you can make a case for all three of them to make the all-star game. Obviously, Jack Hughes is, is, is done already, but Nico Heischer and Jesper Brad definitely deserve to join Jack Hughes in South Florida. But my thing is, like, is it likely that Jesper Brad can make the all-star team? Probably not, just because uh, he's a little bit of a streaky player, and we would have to rely too much on the advanced analytics to get him there. But at the same time, when you look at the narrative, when you look at what happened during the course of the offseason – when you look at the success that the Devils have been having this year, I think you still have a legitimate case to send Jesper Bratt to the All-Star game. And I think this win against the Anaheim Ducks, especially him scoring two goals on ESPN, so I, I guess you could consider it national television. I know it's ESPN+, Plus, but still, uh, I think that was a statement for Jesper Bratt to show everyone that he is capable of doing so. And thank God we have people like the Bratt Pack to – uh, basically help with the voting a little bit so that way Jesper Brack can come out out of the shadows and just become a little more bit more mainstream if, if that's a good example so Jesper Brack definitely deserves to uh, be in the running for the all-star game I don't know if he's going to make it or not because there are people in front of him that are better but I think he has a legitimate case and I think he definitely should and he definitely has the fan base to help him in that regard so Jesper Brack to the all-star game might be seem like a launch shot but it's still plausible okay this game was jam-packed for new jersey devils as they came away with the 62 victory against the anaheim ducks now i know it's against the ducks are not all that good but like i said at the beginning of the episode the devils were tied with the uh new york rangers for most of, for second most amount of points in the metro with 55 so devils kind of had some extra pressure to come out with away with the win but since the Ducks aren't really a good team and since the Devils always do well on the road, I wasn't too concerned, but uh, this was the most dominant I've seen the Devils in in a good while. And they got off to a good start and they finished strong as well. So Trevor Zegras, when he uh, scored the second goal for the Anaheim Ducks, Jack Hughes was able to answer on back just a few seconds later. And it was just overall a great effort from Devils and just great contribution up and down the line. And, Speaking of which, I wish Jacob Sharangovich could have scored in this game because we definitely could have used his contribution. But anyway, shots on goal differential, 39 to 33 in favor of the Devils. Faceoff percentage, 58% to 42% in favor of the Devils. Power play, Devils were one for two. Ducks were one for four. Hits 22 to 21 in favor of the Devils. Blocks 13 to 7 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways, Ducks led that department 12 to 7. So if I had to give this uh, game a rating, I will give the Devils an A. I'll give them a solid A. It's been a while since I've given, I've given the Devils an A, but overall they dominate from start to finish. And the Ducks, even though they tried to amount a comeback, even though uh, Vetrano and Carrick tried getting into it with a couple of our players, I was never really too concerned with the Devils uh, uh, coming away on the losing end. Like I said, they do really well against specific teams. They were seven zero and zero going into this matchup. And I, I was just like, I didn't think the Anaheim ducks were going to be the first Pacific team to beat the devils uh, this time around. So while the ducks did try to fight back, they were never really in contention to at, at, at any point tie the game or even take the lead. Am I diminishing them a little bit? Yeah, but hey, I think they're tanking for Connor Bedard. So 
Let me know what you guys think. Do you think Jesper Brad can make the All-Star game? What did you think about this game for Devils? And what did you think about the broadcast for ESPN? Heard some complaints here and there. But overall, uh, I thought it was bearable. But uh, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So leave a comment down below. And if you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMat4, or the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Once again, Locked On Devils on the go in Erie, Pennsylvania, signing out.